The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. It is so good to have you with us today on Afternoons with Mike on this Valentine's Day 2024. And boy, do I have a treat for me. (laughs) Hopefully it's going to be a treat for you as well. I know it will be, but I am thrilled beyond compare because I have my Valentine of 47 years of marriage with me. 48, if you count that year that we were getting to know each other and dating, but uh, my wife, Cindy is here with us. Hun, what a wonderful day this is for me to share this time with you to talk about a lot of different things about our marriage, about romance. This is the day that people set aside, even if they're not romantic any other day of the year, most people will stop by and buy flowers or chocolates or whatever. And we'll get into maybe some of the things that aren't right about that mentality. But Cindy, it is great to have you with me. Oh, thank you, hon. I'm excited to be here with you. And uh, I know you're you're the Shepherd's number one fan, by the way. I am. You listen every day. I do. (laughs) (laughs) It is so great that you do that. And uh, I just love the fact that she gives me instant feedback on not only my show, but on other programming. And, uh, you know, you have your favorites. And let's go ahead and talk for a moment about some of your favorite things about what you hear, the people you hear on The Shepherd. I know you like like, uh, Pastor Robert Morris, too, right? I do. I really enjoy him. And we were out there gateway together. Yes, we were. Wasn't that something? Mm-hmm. What What was your memory about that? That is one huge place. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're walking through, Lily, uh, one of their workers, uh, was leading us through and giving us a tour of that uh, amazing building. And it's in South Lake, Texas. So uh, I know that we got to see a lot of the behind the scenes things. And that was a lot of fun. All the people that we talked to or in contact with were just so kind and generous and just sincere. Yeah. And took us through a huge tour of that place. It was fascinating. And we got to see their studios and their radio studios and their television studios, which was quite fascinating since that is your business. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so it was really fun. Yeah. It, it had, used to be our business when we first started off in mm-hmm. our married life. I was in uh, television. I was doing a TV weather show at the time we got married. Mm-hmm. And that was that was really crazy. So we it meant a lot to us to get to see these kind of behind the scene times there at Pastor Robert Morris's place. But I know that another person you really love, and we get to share them together as friends, and that is Dave Zanotti yes. and the Public Square. Yes, you enjoyed that show too. I do. I feel like it's very informative, and I learn a lot from them. And they're they're also entertaining. And I so enjoy the times we get to spend not only with Dave, but his wife, Debbie, as they're here. They have a, a place, uh, an office here in the Orlando area. So it's always fun to be with them. And I really enjoy, as you do, the public square. You were born in a little town in southern Arkansas called El Dorado. And your dad had a heart and was called by God into the ministry. So you got to be in that part of the world. I know he served in churches there in Arkansas, also in Louisiana. He was uh, in in uh, Texas for a while. Went to college in Texas in Waxahachie. That's yes, something. He did. He did. Yeah, do you have memories from that? Oh yes, wonderful memories from Waxahachie. What uh, What do you remember about that? Um, well, I loved my school that I went to, and I got to ride my bike to school every day and home, of course. Oh man! And so it just felt like you know. I felt like I was a grown-up because I could ride my bike to school. How old would you have been then? Uh, I was probably in the third grade, third through sixth grades Mm -hmm. we lived there. It's a different day back then because none of us had the internet. We didn't have things that we spent doing indoors. So I know yours, like my, my, our lives were outdoors all the time. Yes, we did. We played outside rotor bikes a lot. But the, the big thing about living in Texas that I remember is... Um, it, it was so hot. It would get so hot oh, in the summer. Yes. It was horrible. And I remember it's just indelible in my brain that the newscasters 
would go outside in Dallas and fry an egg on the sidewalk. You saw that. I saw that. I've I mean, heard they, about things they, like that. But well, I mean, yeah. I saw it on TV. Yeah. They did it on the newscast. Yeah. And it was just shocking to think it was that hot that they could <laughs> yeah. fry an egg on the sidewalk. And then we'd have a, the the swing extremes of every now and then, not often, but it'd be so cold and it would snow. Yeah. You get both ends of yes. the spectrum. Yeah. And it was so fun to have the snow and and you know, that big extreme, but it was, it was fun growing up there. I enjoyed it. As young pastors would do, your dad had uh, several different pastorates. And uh, ultimately, like we said, we've gone through that little area of of, uh, Louisiana and Texas, and then ultimately a call to move to Kentucky. And for a couple of months, he served in Louisville with our friend, uh, Bob Rogers' dad, who was the pastor of Evangel, well, I think it was called Evangel Tabernacle back then. Yes, Wayman Rogers. Wayman Rogers, and he was well-known in the Assemblies of God, Mm -hmm. and uh, back then was a powerhouse preacher. I got to know Wayman. Uh, I got to spend time with him. And, of course, Bob and Margaret Rogers, his son and daughter-in-law, became friends to us. Mm-hmm. But now, back when you were there, you were still a young a young one. I was. I was there in 1969 when the first man walked on the moon. Oh, got to see that. Yeah. So those are just little snapshots of where I was. And, you know, you can remember that as a child, all these different things happening at different points in your lives. And they, you know, they are yeah. a snapshot that you always remember. Yeah, I like the word you said earlier, it makes an indelible imprint. You just remember it forever. Mm-hmm. Those were things that we will never forget. But you didn't stay there. Uh, a few months, and then this position opened up in Henderson, Kentucky, and that's when your dad moved there mm-hmm. and stayed there. I think it was for 18 years, or 18 or 19 years, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And then he moved, but we got married in that process. And so that's where I'd like to pick up our story. I met Cindy. She was a singer. First of all, tell us how you got to be a singer in a a gospel band. How did that happen? Well, as many children, my family, or some children, our family did have some music in it. My mother played the piano and she played the church organ and sang. My dad had a very nice voice and So I think it's one of those things that kind of comes naturally whenever you're around parents that sing and play music. But I know not everyone is gifted in different areas. My brother is a accomplished and very, um, he's a great piano pianist. I, therefore I am not. And we probably took the same amount of piano lessons, the same amount of years of piano lessons. And he's got the gifting and I do not. And, but I enjoyed singing. I learned how to sing harmony. That's one of those mm-hmm. things yeah. that is important if you're a singer. And um, I learned in church. Yeah. And that was fun. And that was how I started singing. I just started singing in church and in choirs. And um, then one day this opportunity came for me to sing in a band. We would call it a band today. It was a group back then. Yeah. And I sang alto. Yeah. So and, you were one of the three singers in this group. Yes. And uh, they were called the Delegates. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like a lot of other bands, you guys went all through that region Mm -hmm. of Kentucky and Indiana and uh, maybe beyond. And uh, one particular night in 1975, you guys opened for another band that was out of Evansville, ironically, where you lived in Henderson, Kentucky, only seven miles from Evansville. And yet that's like worlds apart for a lot of people. Uh, The Ohio River was in between our home cities then. You're living in Henderson. I'm living in Evansville. Our band is now converging into a little city in Tell, it's called Tell City, Indiana, right on the Ohio River. And lo and behold, the delegates are opening up for our band. And that's where we met. Yep, it was. It was a fun night. What are, what are your th- remembrances of that night? <clears throat> well, little did we know it would change our lives yeah. that night. <laughs> That's um, right. You know, that, that has been so long ago. and We were so young. I remember getting off work that day and having to travel a couple of hours to get to where mm-hmm. we were going to sing. And it may not have been that long. I can't remember. But getting there and singing, and it was a theater. 
Yeah. So we sang in a theater, and there was a lot of people there. And a theater that had still had the big screen behind us, but it had been, been it was being used for a church. Yes. Yeah. And so it was a fun evening. I just remember um, this group of young men that came out and sang and played. Yeah. And, yeah, and they were and all talking, young. They were all young, handsome guys, and and she's talking about us, right? I'm yes. talking about my band, right? Yes, now. I'm yeah. talking about your band. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was it was really a fun evening. But that evening we had afterwards. There was a little time of fellowship, and they had prepared food, and so we went and ate afterwards. And Mike had motioned for me to come sit by him because there was a bunch of tables, and there was a seat right next to him. So I went and sat by him. Yeah. I didn't really think much about that because the seats were sparse. And so he had me sit by him and he would talk to me a little bit. And then there was somebody on the other side of him and he talked to them and then he turned and talked to me and then he talked I, I to I didn't them. really want to talk to anybody but you though. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. That's it. So, um, but before the night was over, you asked me for my phone number. That's right. And, you know, Mike lived... It's, it could have been a hundred miles apart because yeah. we lived in two different worlds. I lived in Kentucky. He lived in Indiana. It was a long distance phone it's call. Long distance phone calls. I mean, back in that day, I mean, that's a big deal. You, you know, you, you're paying by the minute to make a phone call back yes. then. Kids but, today, they have it uh, made, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> you get on those cell phones and no charges for it. So Cindy and I met, and then later on our first date, this is one of my favorite stories. I've got to share this, and then Cindy, you can kind of reflect as well. But I showed up for our first date. I, keep in mind, I'd only seen her one time that night, and now she's agreed to go out with me. And I show up that night and I, I'm trying to remember everything about how Cindy looked. I just remembered I was so impressed by her, 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 just the gentleness of her heart and the beauty that she had. And I knocked on the door, but I couldn't remember everything. I knocked on the door and you answered. And it, it doesn't happen often in my life, but I was dumbstruck. I could not hardly speak. I, I saw you and uh, my first thought was, this is an angel. She's beautiful. <laughs> what? What? And, and I couldn't, I, I just was bumbling over my words and, and you greeted me and you said, come in. And I awkwardly stepped in and I could not, and I did not ever stop looking at Cindy. The whole time I'm stepping in, I'm unaware of the fact that her mom and dad had come up I'm still staring at Cindy, and then you introduced me to your mom and dad. And so that would should be a normal event, right? I mean, that, that should not be something noteworthy, except for the fact that I could not take my eyes off of Cindy. And finally, it hit me, you dummy, you need to open your eyes and look around and talk to her parents. That That's what was going on in my mind. And so I, I did what I thought in that, that moment was the right thing to do. I noticed that a picture of your mom and dad was on the wall over your right shoulder. And instead of looking to the right, I looked to my left. And there, I'm talking to a picture for crying out loud. And they were over there. Now, fortunately, your mom and dad did not realize that I was having a moment. They thought I was just a joker and yes. making, and your dad was dying laughing and he thought that was so cool. So <laughs> that all really happened. That really did happen. One important thing for you, for us to talk about is the fact that you had been in country radio mm. and that's what you were doing whenever we first met. That's right. And I did not know who Mike was. <laughs> I met him at this concert and he called me. We were going on our first date, but I had no idea he was a celebrity in the city. So it was it was interesting to walk into that situation, walk into a relationship with someone that has um, notoriety in the area. But we didn't know each other. We didn't go to the same church. We didn't go to the same school. We didn't even live in the same state. So I did not know how he would respond. And when this happened with the situation with the, with a portrait on the wall and he's talking to my parents, <laughs> we really all, even me, I even thought, um, he's, he's just a, a cut up, <laughs> you know, this, he's just got a really funny sense of humor. He does have a funny sense of humor, but 
um, I had no idea what was happening in his yeah. in his his heart or in, in his mind heart. at the time. Yeah, in my heart. It yeah. was really funny. It was really funny. Well, I tell you, I'm glad that your dad thought I was a joker because he was so kind. And when I finally did return to sanity and look around and greet them properly, they were nothing but warm and and inviting and welcomed me. And boy, I, I'm so grateful for that because it was one of the more embarrassing moments of my life when I realized you are talking to a portrait. You got to stop doing that. So we went on that date and that was the beginning. I never uh, dated anybody after that. You were the one that I had prayed for. And there are so many things uh, about that time frame that I, I have impressed and completely uh, embedded in my heart and mind as well, hon. And it was great. We had some really fun times. As all couples, we had some times that weren't all that great. But God uh, was, was moving in our lives. And even though, like you said, we came from different backgrounds, even different states, uh, it was the will of the Lord for us to get married. And we did uh, about a year and a half later in a very hot September of that year. In 1976, Cindy walked down the aisle and we got married. And our, our first apartment was a small apartment. It's funny when we look back, you know, when couples begin, they... You never know really where you're going to end up. But I had moved from radio and now we got married and I was in television during that time frame. And uh, that was some crazy times as well because I was on a different schedule than your schedule was. So we just had to to, to live life as best we could. Mm-hmm. We did. I was still in college. when You we were in college, right? <clears throat> Taking classes. I was a sophomore in college. Yeah. And it was it was difficult because you would end your day you would be doing weather and news and stuff when i was needing to go to bed at night so that i could get up early for yeah the it, next day it was a crazy class. schedule it was very yeah but we lived through it and i think you know so many people those were some hard times in there with that and we were both determined that the, our marriage was going to make it mm-hmm. and i think that that's what uh, with so many people they don't have that determination and that commitment. But I am grateful that you had that for me. I'm grateful that God gave me that for you. And wouldn't it be wonderful if every couple that said, I do, said, I'm really meant it, and we're going to be in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. That would be wonderful. I think most people do think that. It's just whenever the struggles come and they don't know how to deal with them, or, or they are not part Yeah. You know, they do not know the Lord, not part of a church, not getting teaching on how to survive those hardships and those hard times that really can separate people and they don't know how to get back together. I agree with you. You know, uh, a lot of people think they love their spouse, and but their love is more like what Barry Manilow's love. And I've talked about this often in the song that he sang that was a big hit song, Dr. You've got to help me. Uh, My woman's coming back today and you've got to give me something because I've looked high, low, everywhere I possibly can trying to get the, their air quotes here, feeling again. It seemed to slip away as fast as it came. Mm -hmm. And if that is all love is, well, it can slip away. Mm -hmm. But love better defined is a commitment. Yes. Not only to each other, but to the Lord because it's holy matrimony. My guest is my lovely wife, my Valentine of 47 years. We'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike. If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-25. A different kind of show today in the sense that I've got a different guest than ever before. My own wife of 47 years, Cindy Byram Gilland. Now that she is my guest in the studio today on this Valentine's Day, you know, hon, everywhere we look on Valentine's Day, I mean, you can hardly get into a restaurant in the evening because people will 
take that one day and they're going to go out to eat with their their spouse or their girlfriend or boyfriend. They're going to go out that night. So it's really tough. And then add to the fact that your birthday is the 12th. So we just celebrated with a big uh, event at a dinner on Monday night with uh, our girls. And they were there. And that was a blast. Wish our son could have been there as well. But uh, when you have a birthday two days before Valentine's Day, I know that that can be a different thing, too. Have you felt ripped off with that through the years? (laughs) No, you know, we tried for many years to do both things, to do birthday and Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day or around Valentine's Day. And we ran into the everything's packed out. Yeah, right. And it was more stressful just to try to make that happen. So we years ago, we uh, started the tradition of you would take me out for my birthday and I would cook for you on valentine's day now i wouldn't just cook normal meal i try to do something it's very special special. with lots of you've always done that so it's been fun it's been fun planning that and anticipating that and um through the years and there was a time that i would have to have sitters to watch my children and i had one friend and she and i would switch off watching each other's kids so we could do something special for our husbands for valentine's or anniversary special Mm -hmm. dates like that and um, you know, you just have to be creative to make, keep, keep that, that feeling of romance, right? but the yeah. true romance of spending time together and making, making sure you don't just let, not necessarily special times. It can be just normal times right? that to keep the romance alive, keep, um, you know, life interesting and fun. And that's been something I've enjoyed through the years and. Well, you've done a great job with all that. And, you know, I would want to be very clear up front on this Valentine's Day. When I'm talking about a marriage that we've enjoyed for 47 years, it would be easy for people to think like the, they do when they look at Instagram or they look at Facebook and they see a couple that looks so joyful and so happy. And I think that's how we look in pictures. And I, I get that. And they could think that, well, there's a couple right there, Mike and Cindy, uh, our friends know our names almost as a duo. I mean, when they say Mike and Cindy almost <laughs> almost rattles right out automatically because we do so many things together and we are together and we've been there. It's so easy for those people to think that you and I have never had challenges, that you and I have, you and I have never had to work at anything, that you and I have never... Uh, really had bad feelings one for another and all of that would be a real wrong assumption mm-hmm. and and in fact one of the things I wanted you to talk about was and I'm just going to just say it out here man I I've done some bonehead stupid things in my in my life before that I I just didn't plan for and one of them was uh our 20th anniversary and I should have done much more planning for that. But that started, that was a, a, a real cause later on for you to look back through an event and looking back on that failed anniversary by me. And it really had hurt you deeply. And it, it went on for a while, didn't it? Yes, it did. Sadly, on my part, it was something I, I had trouble letting go. And... um you know, I think I dealt with it and then a memory would come up and it would be like the pain and the hurt was just that day or yesterday. It was so fresh. And I didn't realize several years had gone by and I was still dealing with that. Now, it wasn't every day mm-hmm. we lived our lives. And now, you know, we're like every couple. We have ups and downs and there are some days we'll have some conflicts and you know we won't agree on things and that kind of thing and then we'll get things resolved and we'll move forward but with this situation I didn't ever talk to him about it and one weekend we had um Lou Priolo Lou Priolo yeah came and spoke at our church he passed away this year I heard that that's really sad um he just he probably doesn't even know the story I wish I could have told him but he was speaking on forgiveness and he was talking about bitterness and how bitterness can take root in our hearts very easily. And, you know, I'm sitting there just thinking, oh, that's true. That's true. Never thinking it was me. Mm. And he said, 
Well, if you don't know, if you can't think of anything that, you know, that causes that kind of hurt in your heart, well, that's a good thing if you've been able to forgive. But if the, you haven't forgiven, it's going to be what pops up in your mind right now. That's it. And when he said that, I went, oh, and that incident popped right back up in my high, my mind mm-hmm. and the, the pain that I felt popped up in my mind. And I thought, I didn't realize I was still carrying this because it had been, I'm thinking, I don't know, it was like seven, eight years, maybe 10 years. Yeah. I, I can't remember when Lou came, but um, it had been a long time. And I really had had to wrestle with that many times during each year. And so I realized, oh, this is what bitterness is. And so I had to go to you. I was convicted, first of all. The Lord really convicted my heart on not carrying that anymore. I needed to let that go. And it was really so silly. When I would think about it, I would just think, this is so silly. But what I realized was that the enemy was using this. He would pop this back up in my heart to make me angry, discontented, and not wanting to resolve it. Or to forgive you. Mm-hmm. So all those things happened, were happening. But in my mind, I felt like at the moment I would squelch it. So I was dealing with it. You pushed it down. Pardon? You just pushed it down. Yes, I just yeah. pushed it down. And and I ha- wasn't dealing with it. Yeah. So, and he went through all these steps that I had <laughs> been dealing with in my heart. And, you know, bitterness is like a weed that just gets down. I hate I love gardening, but I hate those weeds. And whenever you have um, a stubborn weed, you know, there are some weeds that have such deep roots and they go, you just have to get your shovel or your spade and dig them out. You cannot pull them out because they'll snap off and then they'll come right back. And that's what was happening in my heart. That's well said. Yeah. And so I went to Mike and I said, I need to talk to you. And I said, I and I even hated to bring it up because I knew he felt so bad about that whole situation. And I didn't want to remind him or bring any, you know, discomfort to him. But at the same time, I knew I had to deal with this. So I did. I said, we need to talk about this. And I told him and we went to, at the time, our pastor and his wife, and I wanted to talk to them. I wanted them to know mm-hmm. this was happening between us and um, what I had been carrying and I wanted to have witness. I wanted to have their be accountable to someone for this. And, you know, I did. I repented to you. You were gracious to forgive me. And um, I never had another problem with that. Isn't that, that wonderful? Yeah. It was wonderful. The way God it does was, that. He just, it's like the Lord cut that. The enemy cannot come back at yeah. me with that anymore. And I was so free from that. Yeah. And even if he tries to bring that memory back and to make me go into that feeling sorry for myself mm-hmm. and pain and hurt and all this kind of stuff, it's not there. Yeah, There's no more pain, no more hurt over that situation. And there have been other things that I've dealt with that weren't that long lasting that I still had to deal with bitterness and nip it in the bud, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we have to do that. We have to do that in all of our relationships, but especially with our spouse. We cannot allow bitterness to come and and take root in our hearts. And it's so easy to do. And sometimes it's over such a little thing mm-hmm. that can cause that. And that disrupts our communication. It disrupts our um, intimacy. It can disrupt so many things in our lives that... Um, we never would think it would do, but and and but the enemy will use that to destroy us and to tear us apart. I think people forget that we really have a real enemy in those moments, and they only see the spouse that they're angry with as the enemy, and, and the spouse is not the enemy. Right. The enemy of their soul is the one that that can really uh, mess us up, and we've got to really understand the difference and and not be mad. You know, we're reading this book and I, what you were, everything that you were just saying reminded me of this chapter where the book is called You're Not Crazy and it's by 
Ray Ortland and also Sam Alberry. And I've I've quoted this book on my show now a couple of times already because it's having a big impact in my life. And I know it is with you as well. But we're reading this book and he talks about gospel honesty mm-hmm. and what you're talking about when a person, a spouse comes to the realization and the Lord shows them that they're carrying something. This is a bigger deal in their heart and in their mind than it should be that they really need to be gospel honest with it and bring it out. And and the reason the, the authors say that a lot of times people don't is they're afraid of what people either will think, what their spouse will think, or maybe a friend, if it's with a friend, that you've got this bitterness. Uh, and, and they really even maybe hide from God on it because they think that he, you know, he doesn't want to talk to me. I heard somebody say that last night. Uh, in a uh, a meeting that I was at with a, a person who had really goofed up in their lives and someone invited them to, to pray about it. And that person's response was, God doesn't want to talk to me about this. Mm. They just don't know the benefit of everything that you were saying about coming down to where the point of honesty with our own hearts that we say, I'm going to air what's on the, the dark side of my heart. The inside of what's going on in my mind, I'm going to empty it out. And to do that, and you find out when you do it, that it's not nearly as bad or hard to do that as it seemed like it would be, right? Right, right. And you know, that's something that even in our lives, our relationships, it's important to keep the line of communication open with these things. That if you have an offense toward your spouse or child, or if you have offended them or hurt them, it's important to go to them and talk it through and repent. And when I say repent, I'm not just saying it's an apology. You know, sometimes when we take that step to forgive somebody or even to repent to someone, it's a step of faith. And when we do, when we have wronged someone and, um, you know, it's not, saying, I'm sorry if I offended you. (laughs) That that one drives me crazy. (laughs) It really does. If it's really heartfelt, and I know some people mean that heartfelt, but when you say that, there's always that part of it was that person's fault, Mm -hmm. the other person's fault. I'm sorry if I offended you. Well, if you did something, you need to assume you did offend them. You need to know that if there's a rift between you, something's not right, you need to go to them and say with a sincere heartfelt, I am sorry I offended you. I am sorry I hurt you. Even to say I'm sorry I did that or said that. Yeah. I mean, that's really a point of honesty. Yes. And then will you forgive me? Uh, That's a big thing, hon. It's a big thing. And a lot of people leave that step out. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very important to be released from that person. And it's good for the other person as well. And then it restores a right relationship and it restores right communication. Now, you still may have to work through it. There, It may not be everything's all yeah. perfectly fine. You still may have to work through some things. But it opens the communication to where you can work through it. I agree. And, you know, somebody once told us years ago, that when you forgive someone for something that they did, even if they did it at the moment intentionally and maybe even with malice in their heart, but then they repented of it later and they are asking forgiveness. What is actually happening is that they and God, I believe, who tells us to forgive each other is really what they're really asking us to no longer hold that person at bay no longer hold what they did against them. And he said it this way, we give up our right when we forgive. We give up our right that we think we have to hang on to that bitterness and that dissension. We give that up. Mm -hmm. And that is a big part, I believe, why a lot of uh, marriages don't happen. Because I I agree with that. they 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 don't forgive. Well, and the beauty of this... When we do forgive, you don't realize the freedom that comes in your heart when you forgive someone. That's right. Some people think, I could never forgive that person because they hurt me so bad. I've heard that so many times from people. And it's like, but you don't even realize how 
much your heart is going to be set free and your in the lightness that will come when you do that when, or when you ask someone to forgive you mm-hmm. what that does as well so i um that is one of the the treasures that we have learned in our marriage is is asking for forgiveness working through it even if you know what had happened was very painful and stung and um you might have to kind of yeah allow it to settle down and recognize that you know we are all sinners and that for me to not forgive you or you to not forgive me um is really just kind of saying to god i'm better than all of this and what christ did for us but we recognize that we were a sinner Christ forgave us. And because of that, we can forgive each other. Yeah. And also doing this with our children. You know, when we That's right. Wrong, it's for them too. Yeah. That's right. When we wrong our children. And I have to say that because not everyone has children that are married, but when you do, um, even when they're little, when we've lost it and yelled at them or whatever, um, going to them and repenting for whatever it would be, losing yeah. control or being angry, um, sets up for a great relationship with your children as they grow older. And we have benefited from that as well. Yeah. I'm so grateful that we have these four children that God has given us. And to this day, uh, we love to spend time together. And it is, it's such a wonderful thing. I'm just so, uh, uh, I'm so committed to this realization that what we learned in being honest with each other makes all the difference in the world. And then to walk away from things, to let them go, to have the ability to let them go, it makes a big difference in how we're going to respond from that day forward. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier the whole thing about how the enemy will sometimes bring back a remembrance. It doesn't mean that you're never going to remember something that caused you bitterness but it does, as you said, and I think so wisely said, it, it sets you up for success. Yes. You have the tool in your heart and in your mind to be able to say to the enemy, no, that one was dealt with and mm-hmm. that one has been forgiven. So true. And the grace of God, God gives us grace to walk through those situations that we're not doing it alone. Right. And when, when you are, have that relationship with Jesus, he gives us that strength. Well, we're going to pick up difficult times. We're going to pick up on that in a moment, the strength and the grace of God and how he wants us to make it in a wonderful way as couples when we return. This is Afternoons with Mike. My guest is my lovely wife Cindy. I'll be right back. Join host Mike Gilland for The Shepherd at Work every Saturday morning at 10:05 a.m. You will be introduced to a marketplace leader that will help you learn to walk out your faith wherever you live and work. The Shepherd at Work is sponsored by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, building kingdom, business, and community throughout our area. That's The Shepherd at Work, this Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. Back again now with my wife of 47 years. Cindy is here with me, and what a joy this has been to talk about things that I think are important to us all. We talked at the end of our last segment about how we all need God's grace. And it is God's grace that opens the door for any change in our lives. And Cindy and I have had to change a lot. Both of us have. And that is just the way it is with us all. We need his strength, his grace. I've always, Cindy, I've always loved that verse where it talks in the Bible about he is mindful that we are dust. (laughs) He's not forgetting the fact that we're human and we make mistakes that's not a surprise to God. No, it isn't. You know, when, when we do something that's boneheaded, God's not going like, well, would you look at that? Look what he just did. I can't believe he, that is not the way God responds to us. But sometimes we do that. Yeah, we We're do that. surprised. <laughs> that's right. It's, you would think by now we wouldn't be surprised, right? right? That's right. <laughs> but it's true. And you know, when you, you also mentioned about conflict and we still have conflicts to this day. And I think often about a quote that our friend Larry Tomzak once said, he said this, he said, marriage is not the, uh, not the absence. It's not like living in the absence of conflict. 
That's not what it is. He said marriage is the enduring of, of conflict. It is going through the process of loving each other through the fact that we will have conflicts. Yes. You can't have two people who have opinions and there not be sometimes a rub, a friction that happens between it. Mm-hmm. And we all know what friction is. Friction when you have something rubbing on a, a, something else that's uh, really, it, it's going to get hot. It, it, that's what happens in metal. That's mm-hmm. what happens when iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. I I learned that lesson in shop class when I was in elementary school. A rub will will bring around heated emotions, and those that's not far from anger. So when that happens, it's going to happen to us. We got to be ready for it when it happens. Mm-hmm. But we've got to understand that we cannot stay in that situation. We've got to work through it. So I thought that quote was really, really helpful. So a couple of things, learning to defer. Let's talk about that for a moment because all couples need to do this. If we're going to have romance on Valentine's Day, uh, we always know that two people are not always going to love everything equally. Mm -hmm. So true love between a husband and wife is going to be learning to defer to the other to some degree, right? That's right. I know you've done that plenty. And one of the areas that you did that with me was with when we had a boat. Now, we don't have a boat today, but we did for a while. And I loved it much more than did you. (laughs) But we did find some things that you did enjoy on that boat. And one of them was to take it out late in the afternoon, almost evening, right at sunset in the summertime. And we would put it in Lake Ivanhoe here in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And we would just go out and we would take our dessert and uh, and our coffee. Mm -hmm. And we would go out and and anchor in the middle of that lake and watch the sun go down. That was a romantic time. That really was. It was really fun. And usually the evening was cooler than the daytime. So it was very nice to have those moments and memories. We have lots of memories in that boat, even yeah. though it was not my favorite thing <laughs> right. when we first got it. You deferred. I did defer to you. Yeah, and um, I appreciate that. But I went through two pregnancies when we were yeah, right. <laughs> in, in that boat and going through the summer and riding a boat. And I know there are a lot of people that so enjoy being out on the water and in the sun, but that was not my favorite thing those summers when I was pregnant. <laughs> I understand. But I did grow to love being with the boat, on the boat. We had lots of family memories. And, yeah. and some uh, adventures as well, mm-hmm. like breaking down right mm-hmm. before a really bad storm down in Sanibel. That was that was a bit of an adventure. We mm-hmm. did that together. And I had to be back at the motor. And our daughter, who had learned to drive that boat, she could really steer it well. She steered us in. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to beat the bad storm. And we did. I'm grateful for <laughs> Those kind of memories. It's funny. Our kids look back on those things as some of the most fun times yes, in their lives. Yes, they do. They do. It was it was really great times, even though I did have to check my attitude <laughs> at the door many times. <laughs> That's good. Another thing, hon, is uh, being intentional, being observant of each other mm-hmm. and and really working to bless each other whether it be at a with a gift at Christmas time or any other thing, that really is a big thing, isn't it? That can also be with little things just in our day-to-day life, even if it's just helping um, me helping you get out the door on time or if there's things even during the evening that yeah. you would prefer to do or just thinking intentionally. I agree. I think that is a big thing. Another one is planning. And I know this is one of the favorite things that I learned that really blessed your heart. Uh, It was not something that I would have in my mind, speaking of intentionality, made it a high priority. But I learned that you really like to plan things out on the calendar. So we learned years ago to make a point every week at the same time. And we did it a couple of different times during our our marriage. One time it was during times when we'd go out and we'd spend part of every time we'd go out together talking about calendar items. But then we also did it on our day off for a long time as well. And that is where when you sit down with each other and you look at what's coming up on the calendar in the next couple of weeks, that was something that was important to you. It really was because our lives were so busy. We were raising a family and it was 
also being very involved in the church and involved in our children's um, after school activities. And we had to have a calendar. We had to live by our calendar in, in the sense that it served us very well. And I think that's also tags along with thinking intentionally, being intentional with one another is knowing what we're doing and planning what we're going to do. And, um, that was very, very helpful. And I remember many, many nights we'd sit on our back porch, our screened in back porch because I hated the mosquitoes. <laughs> That's right. And we would either drink something warm if it's cool or drink something cold when it was warm. And we would talk about, talk through you yeah. know, our week. And that was very meaningful and very helpful when our children were, were young. And even to help our kids through some of those things, too. I mean, spending time with the kids, this can also apply to that so that they know what's going on. And I think a lot of a lot of young people don't really have the big picture of their calendars, of their folks' calendars, uh, and, and they miss out. Everything then feels like a surprise, or <laughs> everything can feel like it's last minute when it doesn't have to do that. Right, right. Because exactly. that can cause a lot of stress, right? It does. It does cause stress. Another thing that you and I really enjoyed, and that is, we, we kind of mentioned this a moment ago with date nights. And that's something that I don't think I grew up with an understanding of, of how important it is to maintain a, a time, a special time to get away. Everyone that when we were young, everyone dated their, their boyfriend, girlfriend, they went on dates, they'd get married. And you know what? They stopped dating. They would stop the very things that they used to do to build fun and memories, which is actually, obviously, growing your relationship with each other. That's what relationships, that's how they form. I mean, we spend time together. It's impossible to ever have a good relationship with your spouse if you're not spending time with them. That's right. So I I encourage this whole idea of date nights. Still to this day, we've been married 47 years but we love date nights and we expanded it a number of years ago to date days. Yes. That's (laughs) fun too. Those are a lot of fun, (laughs) right? And I think uh, couples can do that. Finding something that you enjoy, or in our case at times, finding something that you would enjoy and I defer to. Yes. You've done that many times. And many times. (laughs) And you likewise to me. That's what that whole boat story is all about. (laughs) But we would find that going through antiquing, for example, that was something that would be fun Mm -hmm. or going and doing when I wanted to buy you some clothes. We would just go out for an extended time and spend time together, get something to eat while we're out, but making a real fun day of it. And, you know, even though my favorite thing is not going to the shopping malls and going through clothing stores, I found that when I did it, it brought such delight to you that I actually ended up enjoying that. Mm-hmm. You were very patient. <laughs> I would you sit still down, are. <laughs> I would sit down and you would try on clothes and I got to be the, the audience of one That's for how right. a new outfit looked. And it was so much fun. These are things, all the things we've talked about today, these are things that have to be worked at, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and... There were many other things that we haven't mentioned. Those are just kind of like off the top of our head. And, but building that relationship is very important and you can't do it unless you spend time together. And there are sometimes we just want to spend time together in the yard or we spend time together cleaning out the garage. And I know that sounds kind of, wow, that doesn't sound like fun at all, but we have learned through the years that those things when we're together, we just enjoy being together. It doesn't matter what we're doing. And I I appreciate that so much that you will defer to me sometimes whenever I need help doing something in the, if I'm needing to have something moved in the garage and I need to do that, or if I need help in the yard, if I'm planting stuff and you will, you will mm. <laughs> defer to me and help me get that planting done. Although you do most, you do the yard, yard work, but... I like to do the planting part. And you do it beautifully. You know, there's something about this before we lose our time on this whole thing about date nights. And I want to make this the biggest emphasis. A lot of people, when they do date nights, they'll choose to do something where there's no communication, like going to a movie. My encouragement to you, my friends, to keep the romance alive. When you're on a date night, do something that will allow you to talk. Go to a restaurant, find a quiet table. 
and sit there not looking at screens, but talking to your spouse and, and really develop that. That's something that we developed over time and now it comes very easily. But that is something that we made as an intentional point and a goal of all of our day nights was to talk. So this little list that we've just kind of gone through, I'm going to go back because I've jotted them down as we've gone. Number one, work hard to avoid bitterness in your relationships. Number two, learn to defer. Number three, be intentional and observant. Number four, learn to plan. Don't do everything in your life shooting from the hip. That just does not work. And number five, spend time on date nights. Talk when you're out. And I think, Cindy, as we kind of close this out on this Valentine's Day 2024, when I think back to the times that we've spent together on date nights, when we've gone to concerts, we've gone to restaurants, some of the most fun times for me were just involving us talking with each other heart to heart. Yes, I agree. Would that be your point? Oh, yes. I think that's where the connection takes place and how we can continue to grow in our relationship and talking and, and prayer is another big thing in our lives. We pray together. Yeah, that's right. Um, Talking to God. Yes. Talking to God. He's a big part of our life. And that is a very precious when we pray for one another as spouses and, um, or for any time, any, any time of day. Yeah. And our children, and now our grandchildren. Yeah. Um, it's one I, thing I loved about your dad. Every morning, he prayed for all of us, his yes, children and his grandchildren. Mm-hmm. He called them all out by name. He kept up on what was going on in their lives, what special needs they had maybe that day, whether it be school or a decision or buying something like a house. He prayed for them every day. Mm-hmm. He did. And I feel like that's a great uh, legacy that he passed down to us. And friends, I hope this helps you and gives you ideas on how that you can learn to love and appreciate and not take for granted the spouse that God has given you. I'm grateful for you, Cindy. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, you're very welcome, honey. And I'm, I am very thankful for you. And I love you on this very special Valentine's well, Day. Thank you. And thanks for being the big fan you are for The Shepherd, too. <laughs> That's awesome. And friends, we thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. Mike.